Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. And I'll tell you why I know this. Um, I, I always have a direction that I'm going in, and uh, it follows a, you know, a path that I believe the Lord is taking me on. And every time I tried to do what I wanted to do, God kept bringing this back. And He kept putting it in front, and He said, this needs to be preached this Sunday. I don't even know if I've even preached it here before. I may have. I don't think I have, but I may have. I don't know. But for some reason, He just kept putting it there. So it may be one person, maybe many people, maybe all of you, maybe me. I don't know. Sometimes I need to preach just so I hear it again. so generally speaking, as God speaks to the pastors, right, concerning a message, generally speaking, right, pastors can better convey the truth to their congregants. So in other words, I have to deal with something really in my own life before I can actually preach something. Um, I heard a, a preacher say one time, what do you do when you're getting up, when uh, a question was asked to a preacher one time, what do you do when you get up and you're about to preach about something you're struggling in? And uh, the preacher's answer was, well, just listen to your own words. Right? It's the truth, isn't it? You just listen to what God is speaking to you and, and preach it that way. So turn to Joshua 13. I, 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 it's, actually just a, it's actually just a verse uh, that... Uh, it's actually a couple verses, but it starts off with just one verse. And Joshua, Joshua's my favorite. He's my favorite warrior in the, uh, old, in the old Testament. I've learned so much through him through the years. Uh, But God was hard on Joshua a lot of times. He talked with him uh, in a a manner that he wasn't as, he was more harsh, you know what I mean? Because he was a warrior, he understood it. Joshua was a good man because he followed Moses. Uh, He was a very loyal servant. Uh, And uh, he he was able to take commands without being offended. Right? Sometimes we don't like it when someone tells us to do something and we get offended. Uh, but Joshua was one of those people that could say, no, if this is what you want, Captain, I'm, I'm going to do it for you. And of course, the captain of the host is his Lord Jesus Christ. But in, in verse 13, like I said, this could be for an older person here that I'm about to preach today. It could be for somebody that's going through something they're struggling with. Uh, they've stepped away for a little bit. Uh, and God's trying to get you back into the battle. I don't know what it is, but it's verse 1 and verse 2. Uh, now Joshua's old. How many in here would consider yourself old? So there's quite a few, all right? How, how many of you are consider yourself not old? Very good. Okay, so maybe it, maybe it was just those few hands in the beginning. That's who this message is for. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> thou art... Now, listen to how hard God speaks to him. He says, Thou art old and stricken in years, and there remaineth yet very much land to possess. Isn't that amazing? I remember kids how honest they are, right? I remember sitting in a basketball game one time. I was on the team. I was on, a, you know, part of the team, and and we were way ahead, so they benched us, put us down, and put the second team in. And uh, 
and our star player was about to break the school record. It was 43 points, and he was about ready to break it with 44 points. And I remember sitting there next to my friend on the bench because, you know, the second team was in, and I remember saying to him, well, who was it that broke the record? And he says, and he gave the name, and I later got to know the man. And they said, he's here today. He is. I said, where is he? So we look up in the top stand there, and there he sat. And I go, he's old. <laughs> now, I talked to that man later in life and told him about that story. You know how old he was at that time? 37 years old. <laughs> 37 years old. He said, this is the land that yet remaineth. And I don't need to go through all but the borders of the Philistines and the Gezeri, but all the parts, it just goes on through the, uh, through the chapter. I remember standing in uh, Shiloh in Israel, and I was standing there. It was the most moving, emotional part of my whole trip, this last Israel part, because you were standing right where Joshua stood, and when he said, go occupy the land, right? It's time to go occupy the land. It was the same spot where Samuel... Uh, was dedicated by Hannah. It was, uh, it was the same spot uh, that, uh, uh, that they believe Abraham at one time stood. I, I, when I stood there, I just amazing that God came down to that spot quite a few times and, uh, and revealed himself in a way that was very special. But here we are where Joshua says, you're old, you're stricken in years, and the Lord said, thou art old and stricken in years, and there and there remaineth yet very much land uh, to be possessed. Father, I pray that, the, that I'm doing as you have asked me to do. I never want to be outside of your will. Lord, please speak through me without me in the way. Help me, Lord, to learn from this myself. And may we be blessed today with the lessons that we're going to learn from you. In Jesus' name, amen. We sometimes have to face the truth about ourselves before we can preach that truth to somebody else. And with that said, there are some things God will ask you to go through, or he's going to allow you to go through, that will challenge you, and that will convict you, or correct you, and that will make you feel uneasy, or uncomfortable, or fearful, or incapable. But for his sake, Right? He's saying we still must go through it. And here's the reason why. Because he promises you will come out of it better. You're going to go through it, but you will come out of it better. It might be hard, but God promises you will get through it because he promises he'll be with you to go through it, to get to the other side. Some of you have lost some loved ones. And I just pick on Christine here because I just looked at her. Um, her husband went on to be an eternity. He was doing the work of the Lord. And you said, sometimes you understand, well, why? But he did. He took him home. Uh, he needed him at home more than, he needed him, than we needed him here. And uh, we praise the Lord for that. He's celebrating with his maker. And, and I'm thinking about all of us have gone through times like that, and uh, it's hard. Sometimes it feels like God is trying to push us, right? Trying to push us beyond our limits. But that's actually not true. And he's actually fulfilling his personal promises to you. That's what he's doing. So for some of you, it may be a very hard year to go through this coming year. For some of you. But for others, it, it will not. And does that mean he loves one or cares for one more than the other? 
If by chance this year is uneventful for you, praise the Lord, enjoy it, and get what you can get done for the Lord. But listen very carefully. At some point, all of you will be tried by fire. All of you. You're all going to go through it at some point. And I thank God every day because I know that every morning when I wake up, and just waking up, I receive a far better than I deserve for that day. But I also understand, I realize the day ahead of me may be a hard one. And it may be something to go through that it's going to be hard for me to say, yes, Lord, I'll go through this for you. Um, because I'll need, and I know that I need him to go through it. And Joshua's understanding of that. Moses understood that. And every, every other saint of the Bible really understood that, even though they spoke more about it. But for the sake of illustration, certainly not to minimize anyone's suffering in any way, I want to share with you three truths that I learned the hard way. You don't have to write them down because they're not actually the points of my message. But there's, it's a part of my life that happens, uh, three truths that happen that I, that I uh, to help for illustration, to help me, I guess, introduce my points. But a few, few years back, I was asked to come to the Far East on a multiple country mission trip. And I was asked to come there to preach to the, uh, uh, to the pastors, the national pastors in each country. Uh, and, uh, the plan was to go to Philippines, start there, and then fly to Thailand, uh, preach there, then fly into or drive into Cambodia, preach there, and then finish up in Vietnam. That was the whole plan. Uh, I was really pumped, and, and it was, I was nervous, but I was so uh, grateful to be able to do this uh, about the trip. And everything was set. The tickets were bought, my, my shots had been, you know, I got my arrangements in place, I got my shots I needed, all the vaccinations, all the visas, and all the stuff that I needed. They were waiting for me, anticipating, you know, what was God was going to do. And, but that was all great. But I forgot that I had a colonoscopy before I was to go. And so I remember after the colonoscopy, my surgeon, I was still sleeping in the room. And my, the surgeon went in, came into my wife and told her I was not going anywhere. He said that he found what looked like cancer. If it was, it would need to be treated right away. So my wife asked him, uh, when will we know the, uh, the results? And he said the test results will take about a week or two. And then I, after I woke up, found the news, I grabbed the doctor and said, uh, uh, can you rush that a little bit, doc? I got a trip I want to know. And he says, no, you're just going to have to wait for it. Right? Did you catch that? You're just going to have to wait for it. And then... The good news, it was not cancer, but it, we had to wait 10 days to find out if it was or a false alarm. I, I would also find out if I was going overseas or not. And I must admit, the anxiety was overwhelming for me during that time. But I, but I realized that day, I'm just going to have to wait for some things. There's nothing I can do ab uh, about it. Here's my second illustration. I also live every day with, and I'm using me because I don't want to pick on anybody or or use something I don't know, right? I live every day with tinnitus, or you might call it tinnitus. Whatever way you want to pronounce it, it's pronounced. In, and I have a very severe case of it. None of you know that, but it might be the reason I say, could you repeat that again to me? Because it screeches in my ears all the time. It's a constant ringing every second of every day, and the only relief I get is when I fall asleep at night. So I've learned to cope with it. But it's not always easy, and I believe it came from my earlier years on the railroad and using jackhammers without ear protection back then when they didn't care. 
It never goes away. Sometimes it's so loud and for so long, some very alarming thoughts go through my mind. Uh, and I'll just tell you, let us, I'll let it stay here. Let's just say some people with that problem have committed suicide. And when I asked my doctor if there was anything I could do about this ringing condition, he shrugged his shoulders and said, you're just going to have to live with it. So here, you're just going to have to wait for it. Here's the, you're just going to have to live for, with it. Now the next one's kind of emotional to me. My mom died when I was young. And just after she died, a stray puppy came my way and frostbitten paws. And my dad said, and, and he had so much on his plate right then, uh, because my mom worked the job so they could pay the bills and now she was gone. And he, he said, I could keep it, but it was my responsibility to take care of it because he didn't have the time. So I nursed it back to health, but it was really short-lived. He sprinted out in front of a UPS truck and was literally flattened. I mean, flattened. And when the call came in from the local police department that the dog was killed and they looked at the tag and obviously found our name, they said someone had to come and get her and remove her from the highway. My father was working. My mother was gone. There was no one I could call to do it for me. And I remember having to take a snow shovel, and this is awful, still brings back pain all these years, and go down to that spot where she was flattened and scrape her up off the highway and take her and bury her. That's at 14 years old. And it's, I've never gotten away from that. But here's the lesson. I just had to go through it. Nobody else could do it for me. I just had to do it. I just had to go through it. So now listen to these responses again. You're just going to have to wait for it. You're just going to have to live with it. You're just going to have to go through it. And many of you know exactly what I'm talking about and where I'm going with this message. Sometimes things happen you don't ask for, you don't expect, and it affects your life forever, and you can't avoid it. You can't change it. You just have to go through it. But listen, everyone, you're not alone. You're not alone. In fact, that's what you all have in common. So I know there are people here who have gone through some painful times or are going through some major crises or challenges in their life right now. And, that, and their, their challenges and their problems seem minor, my challenges and my problems seem minor compared to theirs. But I must share with you in love God is using it for good. I promise you that. Right? He might be saying to you, I won't remove it. But, it will, but you will get through it, and I'll go through it with you. And you will come through it with me. So why would God do that? Do you ever think about that? You know, and it's a question that people ask all the time. Well, he gives us the answer in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. If you just want to turn over there quick, we'll just read it and then... Uh, and then I'll continue on with my message and we'll finish this up. But in 2 Corinthians 12, right, 7 through 10, he says, And lest I should be exalted of measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that, he might, uh, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
Most gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, say it with me, then I am strong. So what's the reason for unremovable thorns God gives us? Here's the answer. His grace needs to be more sufficient in your life. And your faith needs to be more strengthened in him. That's what the Bible says. So it's really that simple, but we make it so hard. Not always easy to accept or understand, but it's still the truth nonetheless. So you may have been, uh, for the most part, faithful. You may have been, for the most part, obedient. Or been very careful to do what you're supposed to do, expecting the blessing compensation. But you may still have to live with it or go through it for Jesus' sake. Whatever it is he's chosen or allowed for you to go through, that his grace would be more sufficient in your life and your faith would be more strengthened in him. So I guess what I'm saying is he's not going to heal every disease. He's not going to correct every wrong. And he's not going to fix every problem in your life. But he is going to get his way in your life because he loves you. Because his grace needs to be sufficient for you and his faith needs to be strengthened in him. And those two things never change in your Christian life till you take your last breath in this life. So it doesn't matter what age you are until your faith comes sight, your spiritual insight will only come by faith. Now, now what has this to do with, with Joshua 13? I'm glad you asked. The answer is found in a trend that I have been noticing among God's people, especially those who get older. They kind of start to back away. Right? They kind of take their hands out of things and say, well, this is, this is the younger crowd can do that. And, uh, or if they're going through something that's very painful or struggles, they tend to be reclusive. Uh, they are either backing off or cutting back or giving up the fight. So I, I, I wrote some things on here. They're, you can tell because they're not going where they are supposed to be going because of their age or because of their anxieties or because of their ailments that comes with going to a place unknown to them. They're not giving uh, what they were supposed to be giving because of fears of anxiety and not having what they need to provide for themselves. Right? They're not, uh, they, in fact, they're depending more upon the money that they have than they are upon the money that God can give them if they would just ask. They're not growing where they're supposed to be growing because of the fears and anxieties of being taken out of their comfort zone. Um, part, this is part of the reason the church, you know, struggles. Uh, not, this, not necessarily this church, but the church of Christ struggles. So when Christians give in to their age or their ailments or their anxieties, they will find themselves doing less and less for the kingdom of God, and that's not healthy spiritually, and we learn that right here. I mean, God was pretty frank with Joshua, wasn't he? You're old. How would you like to have someone come to you and say that? Kids say that all the, all the time to me. You're old. You got hair in your nose. You know, they say, I mean, they're truthful. They just come up because they're honest, right? They sometimes, and people sometimes never get back to the place they once were or the place God wanted them to be. If Joshua had led his age or his ailment, stricken in years, or the battles he's going to fight for, the, you know, fear and anxieties that he was going to go through at an old age, especially, the results would have changed drastically. 
And that's why I love Joshua so much. He not only encourages me and impresses me, he challenges me to keep going right through the ailments and the anxieties and the age. You just keep going. He, he forged ahead by faith on, on the hope he had. He fought through it with his, with his whole heart. He finished his course with honor. He even did what I consider to be one of the greatest miracles in the body, in the Bible. He stopped the earth from rotating. Isn't that amazing? So he didn't do everything right. Don't get me wrong. But he let nothing stop him from going forward by faith in God's promises and finished his course. I don't know about you, but I want to end well. I want to end well. So he didn't do everything right, yes, but he ended well. And when Joshua and the way God dealt with him, there are three wonderful lessons I want us to learn here this morning before we walk out of these doors in just a few minutes. They're just, I think these are three great truths God makes it clear to us. There is never a reason to stop. There's never a reason to quit or to back off, regardless of your age, regardless of your anxieties and fears and ailments, because God is never through with you. Never until you take your last breath. He's, then he's through with you down here, but then he's going to use you in heaven. So, you know, you think you're going to heaven, you're just going to get in a lounge chair and kick your legs back. You got it wrong. Because he said there's work to do there. I don't know what it is or how we're going to do it, but it's going to be fun. I know that. It's going to be a blessing. These are just some things we all have to go through for Jesus' sake, and we need to settle it before we, uh, before we go through them, that we're not going to give in. Right to our fears or our frailties. So, look at verse 1 again with me, just quickly. Now Joshua is old, stricken in years, and the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years, and he says, There remaineth yet very much land to possess. So, I wrote down here before I give them to you. He's old, stricken in years, and the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years, and there remaineth, right? There's still things to be done. Notice what God didn't say. He didn't say that are old and stricken in years, so I'm going to have to find someone younger. I'm going to have to find someone a little bit quicker, a little bit stronger, right? Because that's the way our mind thinks, doesn't it? I shared this morning when I got called into the ministry, I was uh, 40 years old. And I had a business, and I was doing well in the business. And I had 11 employees, I had buildings, I had all that stuff, and God's calling me into ministry, and I argued with them. You never win an argument with God, by the way. But I said to them, why would you choose a man 40 years old to go and, and, and be a pastor or in ministry when you got young men coming out of ministry, coming out of the, you know, uh, the college all the time and and uh, ready for ministry, why wouldn't you just choose, choose somebody younger? Well, anyways, he won the battle. And I went into ministry, and the rest is history. Because he said to me, I'm not through with you yet either. He was saying, Joshua, I chose you for the job, and that's all that matters. And you're going to finish the job for me. So God's statement is not only convicting to me, it should be to all of us, and it's also very challenging for all of us who are a little older, because in all circumstances, we are to listen to what God says and to do what he's asked us to do and not blame our departure or our stopping because of age, ailments, or anxieties. So here are the three great truths. Number one, 
This is for all of us here at Lighthouse Baptist, right? God is never through with you because there's still much land to possess. <laughs> now, what do I mean by that? Uh, I don't know if you know it or not. You live in the worst area in, north, in, in the country as far as spiritual, Bible people and truth. And there's still a lot of land here to possess. This church owns a lot of land, by the way. Owns, I don't know. 15 acres here, something like that, Mike, or something like that, is it? David, 15? Yeah, something like that here. It owns another 25 someplace else, right, that was given to us, and we're glad about that, and uh, we got to decide, you know, we're going to try to work something with that. But I'm just telling you, I'm not telling you you have to boast on the land that we have. I'm just telling you there's a lot of land out there still ready to possess for Christ's sake. So uh, God's people are conquerors and they're trailblazers. That's what they're supposed to. I've said it many times, even here. But I believe for the Christian, the best days of your life are always ahead of you, because there's so much more to possess. For Christ's sake, you may think that what you've gone through, or what you're going through, or what you may still have to go through, you're not going to make it through it. But don't, don't believe that. Don't stop doing what you're doing. There's still a lot of land to possess. God makes it very clear here that he didn't bring you all the way to this point to drop his plans for you. He's still got a plan for you. So I don't care how old you are or what you're going through. Uh, don't, don't stop. You just have to go through it because he's not through with you yet and there's still so much more land to possess using you to do it. Um, Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? He has spoken, and shall he not make it good? I think there was some doubt going on in Joshua's mind about whether he should proceed because he had a lot of pain. Um, just yesterday, I went through some miserable foot pain miserable foot, foot pain. It made me faint. I thought I was going to faint. It was hurting so bad. I, I even thought about, boy, how am I going to get over to the church there? And the, but he took it away, thank God, and I, and I got here. I mean, it would have been awful, right? If you hadn't seen an empty pulpit and you call worst pastor, he just sat down because his feet hurt. So he's not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent, Right? Uh, he says, hath he said, shall he not do it? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is absolutely, of course he said whatever he said he's going to do. And he's made a lot of promises to us. So God may have put a lot, of, a lot on your plate. He does that from time to time, by the way, but he never, he's never through with you until you take your last breath here on earth. And you may, uh, until, you, until you have to eat, everything's on the plate. I remember as a kid, don't you remember that? As your parents saying, you're not leaving from this table unless you eat all that's on the plate. I can remember almost puking sometimes trying to eat that liver. Anybody like liver? That stuff is awful, but anyways. <laughs> you're never too old and too limited to achieve or advance the things of God. Are you listening? You're never too sick or too weak uh, to achieve and advance the things of God. You're never too poor or too broke to achieve or advance the great things of God. The truth is, there's no one that God is not able to achieve great things through, little as much when God is in it. By the way, God wants to get in it with you. No matter how old you are, how weak you are, how limited you are, He's just never through with you. 
I remember saying it in a church down in Florida where we go down to see my parents in St. Augustine. And there was a lady there. What's that disease where your back is hunched over? Um, Yeah. She would play the organ. Literally, she she couldn't even see the notes because she was so bent over. She would play. She was 90-some years old. And I made a statement like that, and she called me afterwards. She found out what my number was and where we were staying. She called me. She says, now you did it. And I says, what? She goes, I don't know why you had to preach that, that uh, make that statement, that message. She says, uh, she says now I got to stay, I got to keep going. I was about ready to retire to get out of this thing. She says, I can't even see the notes anymore. And now you have to do it, Betty. Oh, no. Organs. <laughs> the organs right there. It's right there, just so you know. You want, I want to hear it again from both sides. Anyways, when Moses was dead and when Joshua was young and grieving, he said this to Joshua, get up, get over it, and get on with it. In other words, you could have wallowed in that grave forever. There's still work to be done, Joshua. It's time to move on, right? When God's plan had not changed because Joshua was older and weaker, God says to Joshua, now you're old. That's all. You're just, you're just stricken a little bit. He didn't mix words. He didn't pamper him at that point. Old and stricken simply means you're, not, you're now limited, but I still have a great work for you to do, so get up. I, this is the second time he said to tell him that, right? And just get over it and get on with it. Your work is not done yet. Uh, this tells me, Joshua, like all of us, from time to time, we just need a little prompting, don't we? Just need a little pushing to get over it and to get on with it because there's work to be done. There's land to possess. Bones get a little frailer. Muscles get a little weaker. Mind gets a little slower. Yeah. Pain gets a little more intense. Grief gets a little more overwhelming. Yes. But there is still a great work to do, and you can still do it. Amen? I wish I could hear a lot of amens there. I wish I could. Joshua, Joshua, I called you to do a great work. That's all that matters. I've called you to faith in Christ. I've called you to fight for the cause. I've called you to finish your course. So get on with it. There's still land to possess. And, and I don't know how you want to take that connotation, how you want to uh, make that illustrate in your own life, but there's still land to possess. Listen very carefully to what God was showing Joshua and what he's trying to show us. Maybe you can't swing the sword like you used to. Maybe you can't ride the horse like you used to. Maybe you can't lead the charge like you used to. But you are still useful to God, and God is not through with you. Amen? Amen. Second thing is this. God, God's not through with you because there's still many lives to bless. Can you imagine standing on Shiloh and he's saying, go get your land. This is what God promised. Just go get it. You know, you know where you got to go. You just go. How many of you know it's all about blessing people? It really is. It's all about blessing people and blessing God. The God's goal for us is not to just survive, but he wants us to thrive in that area concerning blessing others for Jesus' sake. His goal for us is to thrive and to flourish with whatever he has, we have left in us to bless him and others. He wants us to bless and bless and bless. There's no stopping or closing uh, retirement for the Christian. You know, I have to be careful sometimes what I say from the pulpit. Do you know our neighbor over there at that new house actually came over and said she'd like to sit down with me and talk to me about this church and the Lord? Isn't that amazing? You know why I believe sometimes that happens? Every morning I get up and I say, Lord, I want every opportunity I can get. Right? I'm old, stricken. So he says, all right, I'll bring them to you. 
that okay? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> so he came to seek and to save. He still wants us to seek and save souls. It's still about souls. God will not hear of your excuses when the fields are ripe and the labors are few, and he's still on the throne fighting and finishing his work he came to do. There's always enough of his strength in you to honor your, your Savior, always, and to get the job done. Like Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. The night cometh when no man can work. So even at your old age, God said this amazing statement. Abraham, when he was old, remember he said this amazing statement about Abraham. He staggered not at the promise of God with, through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. You know, often when people begin to stagger physically or, or stagger spiritually, uh, they get caught up into the trap of Satan, who says, yeah, you're no longer useful. 2 Corinthians 9, 8-9 says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye have always having all sufficient, all things may abound to every good work. I don't think he says there, except, except for maybe if you're over 80. Or if you, you, know, you got cancer or something, or you're, you're, struggling, you know, you're struggling with bad feet like my own. He said this, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all ask or think, according to power that worketh where? In us. That's what it says in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. So there are 40 verses in the Hebrew chapter, Hebrews chapter 11 which prove you're still able to bless others at any age because you're reading it what others have done uh, with any ailment, against any foe which comes to get in your way. I'm always amazed when I read that chapter. It talks about some people are sawn in sunder in two for their faith, but they got through it. So there, there's still hearts to conquer. You know, I, I wrote this down. Like the Jews, we are, we are like wayfaring people. That's who we are. We're like wayfaring people. What does that mean? This means he's always moving us into areas that take us away from our comfort zone. That's what he does. And into areas where we have to trust him by faith. That's where he wants us to be. So not, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, the Bible says, but our sufficiency is of God, and that's the way he wants it to be. So it may be a little harder to do, it take a little longer to do, but remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is still on the throne and you are still valued with him while you're still here. So God may, may, have, your, uh, may have your faith in the, in the greatest test of your life at times. But don't give up. There's still more lives to bless. And lastly, we're through. God's not through with you because this, and this is the most amazing part, actually, of this message, I think. There are still obligations obligation God intends to keep through you. There are still obligations that promises God made He intends to keep through you. Turn over, just in Joshua, over to verse 20, uh, chapter 21, verse 43 with me. I'm going to give you a chance to all get there because I want you to read this. Because there's a statement made here that people make a statement off of that it's not true. And I'm going to tell you what that is, and then I'm going to tell you what the truth is. I hear this statement said all the time, and I always say, what? They, they have, they, they've, they're quoting something that somebody has said. That's not really what the Bible says. It says in verse 43, And the Lord... All right, so... 
they went, occupied the land. It says, And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he sware to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt therein. That's a, that's a, a promise kept right there. And the Lord gave them rest round about according to all that he sware unto their fathers, and there, and there stood not a man of all their enemies before them, and the Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. What a promise there. And by the way, that's coming one day when we get to heaven. No more enemies and all that stuff we have to deal with. But look what it says in verse 45. There failed not all of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. That's that statement. They're not they're, they're failed not all of any good thing which the Lord has spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. The cop, the 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 uh, um, I'll say this contrary to popular belief, the Bible does not say this too shall come to pass. I hear this so often, right? Well, this too shall come to pass. As if God's going to eventually remove that problem. Because he doesn't always remove the problem. He doesn't always remove the thorn. It does say that all of God's promises will come to pass. Right? If he said it, it's going to come to pass. So Joshua's age, look at me. It's not going to stop him. It's not going to stop God. Josh's weakness just will not stop God. It's not going to do it. Joshua's enemies that he had to face, and they had to face a lot of them. And by the way, the promised land is just the vision of the Christ, successful Christian life. That's not, not a thing about heaven. God, Joshua's enemies... They, might, they could have stopped Joshua. They're not going to stop God. That's what tells me here. Why? Because there are still promises God made that must be kept. Listen to me very carefully to what I'm about to say. I close with these final thoughts, and they're for, important for you to remember. I, you don't, won't have enough time to write them down, I don't know, unless you're a fast writer. Uh, but this, this I learned, and this is so important. If you never had a failure or a problem or a thorn that you could not remove, he could never manifest the, manifest the grace of God in you. Here's the second thing. If you never had a conflict or a criticism or a case against you that you couldn't win, God would never, manifest, never be able to manifest the patience of God in you. If you never had an injustice that you could not straighten out. God had never manifested the forgiveness of God in you. If you never had a challenge that you could not conquer, God could never manifest the power of God through you. And lastly, if you never had a weakness you could not overcome, God could never manifest the faith and strength of God in you. Ask, ask Job. Take a little read through Job. And you'll see all of that there. Until you take your last breath, you are able to advance the cause of Christ because of this. The promises of God still need to be fulfilled. He has made a promise and he intends to fulfill that promise with you. With each of you. He's not through with you yet. Amen? Amen. He's not through with this church because Pastor Horn moved away. If I was to take my last breath today, right? Somebody, 
Daryl, come up, pull me off, and then somebody get up here and finish the message. It's just the way it is. You just go full bore until you can't go no more. You know, 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God in Him are what? Yay. And in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. In other words, yes, if He said it, it's going to come true. There's always someone younger coming behind you that needs to see you stand for what's right when being wronged. Right? This generation needs you to do the same, needs you to do that for their sake. There's always someone ailing that needs to see your faith carry you through your ailments and pains when they won't go away. Because this generation needs to get through some things right now, and they've got to have someone to look at as an example. There's always someone who has lost or has a lot on their plate that needs to see you. With, in, in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding while you're dealing with a loaded plate. It, it will encourage them not to give up and it will keep the next generation going after we're gone. So God's not through with you yet, yet everybody. I, there's still land to possess. There's still lives to bless and, and there's still obligations to be kept by God and he's going to use you. And like Sam, uh, Samuel proclaimed when the Bible said he was old and gray-headed. Do you remember that scripture verse? 1 Samuel 12, 16. Now therefore stand and see the great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. I hope one day I live long enough to see my grandkids married in ministry. Even if it means having to push me up in a wheelchair into the service so I can watch it get done. And I, so I can still pray for them. So what has he yet to use you for? And you've been saying, I just don't know if I'm able. You'll never know if you stop right now. Let's bow our heads. You know, to the one who is still refusing to give your life to Jesus Christ, God is not through with you either. I must remind you, if you're within my voice, that if, if you haven't trusted the Lord as your Savior, He's not going to let up on you because you're too valuable to Him. You're never truly going to have a day full of peace until you give your life to Jesus. That means if you don't, you're going to die in misery. We did a funeral yesterday where the lady knew her Savior. It was one of the nicest funerals I've ever done. It was so easy to preach it because you knew where she was. But it's not so easy to preach a funeral who, who they did not accept Christ as their Savior. You are valuable. It cost him too much to lose you. And if you're under conviction, it's only going to get worse if you don't surrender to Jesus. And I tell you with all my heart, mind, soul, strength, and mind, it's going to be a battle you're not going to win. Give your life to Christ. But to this morning, I have a feeling it's to someone here in this sanctuary, it's to the Christians who are here. So God is not through with you yet either. There's someone that's been struggling, so give up the excuses, get back with the conquest. There's still a lot of work to do here at Lighthouse Baptist. And there's still a lot of land to possess. There's still a lot of lives to bless. And there's still a lot of promises that God intends to keep right here at Lighthouse. So if I were to guess, some of you haven't budged out of your seats in years when the altar call is given. Do you know why? You're convicted. I'm not, I'm not doubting that. But you settle for complacency. 
In other words, I set my alarm, I get up on Sunday morning, I do whatever I do, I come to church, and then I, and then I get in my car, have my meal, go back home, and it's over for the rest of the week. When God is asking you to do so much more, I always just sit in church. I never go forward. I don't need to. No, I'm not saying you do need to, and I'm not saying you don't need to. I'm just saying we've just gotten so comfortable in our ways, and there's so much more land to possess, there's so many more people to bless, uh, that we're not surrendering ourselves like we used to anymore to get to get uh, to get to that promised land that, that that God had promised. He had promises to keep yet, and He needs to keep them through you. And He's asking you to. Sometimes we got to get to the altar. Do you know that He still wants to do the extraordinary with you? Maybe it's just time today to recommit yourself to Christ, or to the work. Because he's not through with you yet. I'm a good discerner of people because he's blessed me with that. And I want to tell you, there's some talent here in this church that is beyond, beyond. And he wants to use it. So God still has great plans for you, still has great plans for this church if you're willing to be set on doing them for him. I'm going to turn over to Mike, and we're going to play it just a little bit. If he's going to play a little bit, the altar is open. In fact, I, the altar is always open at the end of every service. And I don't know what God may be saying to somebody today, but it's time to let it go and, and uh, let God and then get back in it. And come up, lay it down before him. Let him hear that you're willing to do it now. You're willing to allow him to use you and surrender your life, you know? It only takes a few moments to make a profession of faith and, and to make it publicly by coming to the altar and kneeling down. And then when you walk away from the altar, listen to me. Leave it there. Go back and do what he's asked you to do and let him empower you to do it. He'll take the burdens away and he'll give you the peace that surpasses understanding and he'll, he'll just empower you to do it because you left it in his hands. We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC Schenectady. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org slash the gospel.